six-pack double feature presents Pick Six, where the guys round out a top five list with one extra. Horror, sci-fi, crappy sequels, all the titles you know and love, plus beer. Tell us your picks, guys. The uh, <laughs> reasoning behind it is it kind of went a little, went a little weird. You went a little weird on your sick day marathon? Yeah, I cheated a little bit. You'll see. <laughs> you cheated? Yeah. You'll see. Did you do television? Yes. Okay. <laughs> hey, gang. Welcome to it. It is Pick 6. I'm not Nathan. I'm not Travis. And uh, as you heard there... Travis is a cheater. I bent the rules a little bit. I'm Game Breaker. Uh, <laughs> hope you guys have been doing well. It's been a minute since we since we hung with you. What was the last episode? What did we do last? Uh... Deep Blue Sea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Tremors. That was a fun one. I liked one of those movies. Yeah, yeah. I liked one, I liked one of them. <laughs> I thought I liked the other one <laughs> at one point. Yeah. Uh, so what we're doing today, gang, is, uh, as you may have heard, uh, Pick 6 Sick Day Marathon. And uh, I also, uh, the when I first started to cheat on this, it was like, it could be a hangover day too, so I dipped into that. That's kind of like you're sick anyway. Sure, yeah. <laughs> your body's recovering from a copious amounts of alcohol or. Do you say for else. me it's not the alcohol? It's if I stay up past midnight, like the, it's not the. What's he say? It's not the years. It's the mileage or right. something. Yeah, it's the. I can race. I just can't do a marathon anymore. I can barely sprint. <laughs> I can't even walk out to my mailbox. What uh, What are you drinking over there? PBR. Oh, PBR. I am, uh, I'm having a tall boy, a pint can of the official, unofficial beer of six-pack double feature Narragansett Lager Beer. These are the good hours. The time for Gansett. Narragansett Lager Beer. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Okay, well... As always, uh, the ball is yours. You won the coin toss. What is your number six? Well, mine kind of are, are, are relatively thematic, or at least the first four. Mine are thematic, but not in the same way, I'll bet. Oh, so. I'm sure. <laughs> but the way I looked at this is that typically when I'm sick enough and stuck in bed all day, you know, I want comfort movies. Oh, yeah. You know? yep. I want something that's very familiar so I can just fade in and out of sleep, and I know I'm not missing anything important. I've already seen this before, but at the same time. Yep. I don't want to miss this part, but if I fall asleep, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, my number six, I went with uh, Joe Dante's underrated 1985 uh, cult classic called Explorers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I hadn't watched this movie in several years. I recently purchased the Shout Factory's like select special edition Blu-ray, and I forgot how much I really... Enjoyed this movie. If I've ever seen Ex the Explorers, it was like when I was a kid, right after it came out. Yeah, um, I don't remember anything about it other than that they built a spaceship out of a trash can or something. Uh, yeah, part of it was a trash can, and part of it was um, like the shell was from a um, some carnival ride, <laughs> right? Um, it was released in the summer of '85. It was released like the week after Back to the Future. Ooh, yeah, it kind of it just got 
ignored. So, I mean, so that said, it, had it not been for Back to the Future, this might not be Maybe. a cult movie. It, it might have gotten the... I don't know. I do know that uh, watching the documentary on the Blu-ray itself and knowing and reading about the history of the film, I know that uh, the studio, which I believe was Paramount, pressured uh, Dante to get the movie released as soon as possible for a summer release rather than like a fall oh. release in 85. And so they kind of took the movie away from him. And so two-thirds of it is really good. And then the last third, once they get up into space, kind of loses a bit of momentum and kind of gets a little goofy. So it's not bad. It's just not great. It's like great movies with shitty third acts. Gotcha. But, um, but we all see what happens when Joe Dante has no studio involvement. You get Gremlins 2, which is... <laughs> right. But, you know, I forgive the movie for its faults because I just love how these three kids who were pretty much in the same age range that I was when I first saw this uh, work together just to create their own spacecraft. And I just I think it's an underrated Joe Dante classic. And it's 100% nostalgic fare which really works when you're feeling like shit i think a lot of joe dante movies are underrated yeah i believe so some some land right where cow flop should but yeah that's only a it's couple you, yeah it's usually his it later a lot of with his stuff it's later stuff you know what we should a movie we should do is matinee i really liked matinee uh, I still haven't seen it. I bought the oh. I bought the Blu-ray for it. I just haven't popped it into watching. We should yet, so we should we definitely should do that, that with something. Yeah, I've only seen it two or three times, but I remember. Yeah, let's not talk about it now. All right, <laughs> we, well, let's not since I can't. So yeah, my number six is the eighty-five underrated uh, kid explorers. My theme is going to be for the most part movies that I actually watched or watch on a on a sick day and kind of a story about that at least this first one which is monty python and the holy grail all right i don't it wasn't the flu that i had but i was i, I was home with the funk my parents rarely let me like miss school like i had to be fucking sick like i was like strep throat sick <clears throat> and it was like in the middle of winter and it was like cold and dark outside and i didn't leave my room and i just stayed in there drinking uh day quill <laughs> and my mom came home at lunch She's like, you know, hey, how you doing? Whatever. Here's some chicken noodle soup, yada, yada. I got this. I rented you this movie. And I'd never really heard of Monty Python. I'd definitely never seen any of their stuff. I knew who Eric Idle was from watching um, National Lampoon's European Vacation. Okay. So, I mean, I wasn't like, get me any Eric Idle movie. It wasn't that. I mean, I had, I, I had sense as to who that character was. I wasn't, or that actor was. I wasn't like an Eric Idle junkie or anything. It wasn't like, hey, go get me any Eric Idle movie. I need to see Eric Idle. But At I that was, age, I would, I'd find it odd that that's what you would have been. Yeah. <laughs> So she, she brings, brings me this movie, and it's like I said, it's, her, it's lunchtime, and I, I popped it in, and I was like, oh, it's going to be... I was like, why does it look... Old-timey? Shitty. <laughs> <laughs> and like, why does it look like I... Like, did they just address the camera? What? Like, I was fucked up on, you know, over-the-counter cold meds, but... Right. I was just, you were not expecting something that... It definitely took my mind off of being sick for a couple hours, because it was like, what the fuck am I watching? What did I just watch? It was like, wait... That's what he just said is funny, but they're not playing it for a laugh. You know what I mean? It's like, what's the fucking deal with the coconuts? And I was like, I mean, I was instant. Yeah. I was a Monty Python fan from from then on. I was like, what else is there? What is the what? What else have these gents done? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that I immediately like rewound it later and watched it because I was definitely like, I need to process that, and my brain isn't 
here for that right now, but you know, I'm going I'm to I'm circle back to that because that was definitely interesting. And I checked out their other stuff that they had out, which they've done. I believe they've done four movies. It's uh, holy. Uh, actually, originally they did a compilation. Uh, they reshot skits. Oh, okay. And uh, made like a feature length out of it. Did they? I kind of introduced them to the American crowd. Right. There's several great documentaries on Python um, everywhere. Um, but it's called, and now for something completely different because that's how they transition from sketch to sketch sometimes. Right. Um, so I saw that and that's, that's still a favorite. And then Holy Grail. And then, um, they did one in 1980 called the life of Brian, which right. is, have you seen that? Yeah. That mirrors, it's one that mirrors Jesus. Yeah. Right. Which that would be fun to, to pair with, uh, Holy Moses. Cause that's his <laughs> parallel of Moses life. But, uh, and then they did another one of my favorites, uh, which is more of a compilation of their of new sketches, but uh, it's more like a, sh- a collection of short stories. But it's called uh, "The Meaning of Life." Yes, it's okay, darker, I'm... Uh, which I like, and it's fucking funny. But uh, anyway, "Meaning of Life" is one that has the guy who just keeps eating and eating and eating and eating. Yeah, Mister Creosote. Yeah, and, expl- <laughs> well, and he explodes. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's 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 one of my favorites, and. Uh, I legit watched it on a sick day the first time I watched it. So my number six is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. What is your number five? And now for something completely different. Hey, Mike found the map. Yeah. Hey, look, look, look. That says 1632. Is that a year something? No, it's your top score on post. Yes, it's a year, Chuck. Look, look, it's a map of our coastline. What's all that Spanish junk right there? Uh, who knows? Mouth, mouth, you said you could translate. Translate right here. Yeah, translate it. Ye intruders beware, crushing death and grief, soaked with blood of the trespassing thief. You guys, this map is old news. Everybody and their grandfather went looking for that when our parents were our age. I mean, I mean, haven't you ever heard of that guy? What, what's his name? The pirate guy, One-Eyed Willie. One-Eyed Willie. Yeah, he was the most famous pirate in his time. My dad told me all about him once. Dad'll do anything to get you to go to sleep. <laughs> is one eye Willie? Is it like a dick joke? <laughs> I, I can't imagine that it was, <laughs> but I guess you could read into it that way. Yeah, that's what the, that's what the kids always said in school when I was when I was a kid. <laughs> And I think maybe that's why Check my mom... Check out my one-eye Willie. Yeah. I think maybe that's why my mom didn't let me watch it. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, okay. A modicum of reading, though, I, I could be a Goonies fan, but she didn't... Whatever. Yeah. Uh, this movie, for me, checks off a lot of boxes on a nostalgic level, but this one also can work well as like a rainy day movie um, or the perfect movie just to introduce to kids or nieces or nephews of a certain age that sure. haven't seen it before. Um, but apparently... Parent-free adolescent adventure seem to register really hot with a high watermark on movies uh, when I'm sick for oh, okay. some reason. Um, but this is just a great fantasy adventure treasure hunt that just hits on all cylinders for me, and it's perfect when I'm fading in and out from a recent dose of Nyquil. So <laughs> yeah, and you know you could get a full deep dive uh, coverage on Goonies if you go check out our Goonies and Stand by Me episode. Yeah. Um. Poor Travis never grew up watching The Goonies. It didn't. It's okay. Well, you, you know, so there's some movies you just got to hit at that right age or it just doesn't click the same. Yeah. So. Honestly, for a second when that clip started, I thought it was going to be The Sandlot because <laughs> the one kid sounded like... Smalls? Maybe. I've never seen The Sandlot either. Really? No. Wow, okay. 
That's good. Um, that one, I don't think you have to see at a certain age. I think you just enjoy that for one sure. for what it is. I think what we may do, we're, we talked about doing a pick six in the future of movies that we've never seen. Yeah, maybe put that, What was it homework or whatever? Like, yeah. make you watch something. That we you could actually probably combine those titles. Yeah. Movies we've never seen. Yeah. yeah whatever. It's not a bad one. Yeah. So Goonies, that's your so number Goonies five. So Goonies is my number five. My number five is the, I think now that enough time has passed, accurately rated and appreciated Joe Dante classic, The Burbs. <laughs> that's, which, a good, that's a good sick day one. Which we also talked about at length in our Burbs Dragnet episode, so you it's can go a good, check that out. Yeah, it's a good, um, it's a good hot summer day-like one. Yep. It's also a good rainy day one, and it's also a good Halloween one, you know, as well, because it's... The lighter, last, light, light and fair when it comes to the that. last time I watched the Burbs was in January when I had COVID, <laughs> uh, and actually to be more accurate, I watched a third of the Burbs because I was in and out for sure. Um, Jamie was getting ready to go to work, and she was like getting me all you know tucked in and whatnot, and she said, "What do you want to watch?" And I was like, uh, "To watch the Burbs," you know? <laughs> and she's like, "Okay, where's the DVD?" And I was like, "It's on the shelf." And she couldn't, we couldn't get the DVD player to work. And she right. was trying and trying and trying. And she went, okay, fuck it. What's the Amazon password in here in the bedroom? And she, I just watched, I rented a movie that I literally have a physical copy of. And we just couldn't figure the DVD player out. Rented it on Amazon. Friend of the show, Brandon, has uh, was supposed to be watching it this week because he had COVID. But he never, That's he never gave a response to uh, whether or not he liked it. I'll have to follow up with him. If he doesn't, I'll just kick him out. I can't out believe he never, I was so jealous. Um. So yeah, that's that's my that's my number five is the Burbs. You can it's it's an old friend. You can come in and out. And I yeah, I often I think I often pick that one. If I'm not sick, I'll watch it usually during the summertime, just because it takes place during the oh, summer. Oh yeah, you yeah, know? for and sure. It just works well for that. Uh, my number four is every kid when they're still an actual kid wishes they were a grown up so they can do grown up things. So I chose big <laughs> Tom Hanks coming 1988. in 1988. Second appearance already. Right. Um, There's another one. I've never seen that. Really? I think you would enjoy that one as I, well. Probably, I don't yeah. think, I don't think this one fits on the same. I should have seen this at a certain age. Sure. Like with Goonies. I think um, this is another one that it was either playing at the drive-in or for some reason we left. I'm pretty sure it was the drive-in and we left for some reason. I don't know if my mom didn't like it or I don't know. I don't know. I have a vague recollection of seeing part of it, but not the whole thing. Um, I just – I love this when I was 12 and I still love it today just watching Tom Hanks so perfectly displaying the emotional maturity of a 12-year-old in a man's body. Yeah. Um, when you're 12, you're often on the cusp of puberty and you start to develop these additional emotions and you know you're no longer a child, but you're definitely not an adult yet, and you're not even really a teenager yet, and you're just you're just kind of riding that emotional and, train, and, and so it's, and then your brain sends the uh, download to uh, upgrade your dick, and your dick starts fully working, <laughs> and you're like, I'm not sure what's going on here. <laughs> download complete. <laughs> I don't I don't know why climbing the rope in gym class made that happen, but I'd like to find more ropes and climb them. <laughs> But yeah, as you can see thematically, um, it was actually a tree for me. I yeah. climbed the rope in gym class. I wasn't naked climbing a tree. I was. Just, I would hope not. I was climbing a tree and may have had a completely different experience then. <laughs> <laughs> tree fucker. <laughs> but yeah, big 1988 Tom Hanks directed by Penny Marshall. That's. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I yeah. probably knew Penny Marshall directed it, but I yeah. couldn't have told you that. Yeah. 
So she does great. She does great stuff. That's my number four. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen Robert Loggia in anything funny. So it might be funny to. It's good. Yeah, I think you'd. I, I think you would dig it. Um, I would big it. You would big it too. Not, 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 <laughs> you, I am not. Is that it. what fans of big are called? Big bigots. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, how do you spell that? <laughs> Oh, with an I-T. Okay, okay. <laughs> Only one G, right? Right. Okay, you guys can come in, but I, it... You're still on. Uh, you're still on. You're on, on thin ice, and yeah. you know, you guys, at the next meeting, you might want to think about changing that name. <laughs> I'm going to cut that part out. Radio edit. <laughs> uh, See, that's... we. That, that could be another one for uh, movies we haven't seen or homework. We're building a list during... This is very meta of us. It is. You, we're so meta. Okay. Here's where I kind of try to break the game. My number four <laughs> is Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> you got into a lot of that when you were when you had COVID this, earlier this I year, right? I watched a shitload of that or drifted in and out a lot of that when I had COVID. And uh, several New Year's Day hangovers I've spent with Robert Stack in spirit only. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to catch up on 30-year-old crimes that are still solved or still unsolved. That, I wonder how many of those actually were solved compared to not. So at some point, it's actually kind of interesting. At some point when the rights transferred over, they went through and updated those. Right. So there's like like 2000s updates. to some Really? Of the, yeah. Like, like, From the late 80s? Yeah, like some of these that are eventually solved. Yeah. And then there's um, uh, Netflix has done... Uh, yeah. kind of a revival of it. It's a little more less a little less like pulpy and salacious. It's it's fine. Some are some episodes are better than others too. I'll tell you that one right now. But yeah. Of the Robert Stack era? No, of the newer era. Oh, I think yeah. some are significantly more creepy and what the hell happened? Yeah. Than well, others. it's all in how yes. it's all how they present it too. Correct. Like, Cuz he presented it sort of like a news magazine and like I mean, yeah. You go back and watch it now. Dude, it's like, when I was a kid, when I saw promos for those, it would wig me out, man. Scared the fuck out yeah. of me. I, when, did the, when did that show air? Was it, Fri- night, was night, it fr- Friday night? Friday night. Okay, 1987 like, is when okay. that came out. It was like he just – his his mortician school teacher delivery of the lines. Like he had no up and down. Tonight, a special Unsolved Mysteries report. Mysteries of alien beings. Who are they? And where do they come from? Are they real or imagined? In recent years, hundreds of people have come forward with startling accounts of abduction by alien oh, beings. Yeah. But he looked, like he looked serious. right into camera, so it was like, and he's he, looking he at my soul. half-ass dressed like Elliot Ness from like when he was in The Untouchables from I rem- his TV show. He freaked me out so bad that I saw his name on an episode of The Untouchables, and I got kind of scared yeah, for like, a second. And I was like, wait, no. Wait, wait this, a is a different, this is a different thing. But I just enjoy the. It, it kind of makes me feel like being a kid again, uh, and it's sort of a comforting thing in, in a really weird sense because it scared the fuck out of me as a kid. Like I was on high alert when it was on TV when I was a kid, but now it's just like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna sleep during this second. I mean, I basically <laughs> the last time I watched a, a full on marathon of it without COVID, it was I would basically start pick the episode and be like, yeah, that's the one I want to watch, and then I'd hit start. And I'd basically wake up right at the end of the episode. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> and Un- Unsolved Mysteries is one of those ones where either the dramatization was really good <laughs> yeah. or it was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the other thing that had it going for it is either it was terrible 
I mean, or it was, it was have you gone back creepy. and have you gone back and watched them anytime recently? No. The pacing is bad. Like, like they aired let, this. They'll <laughs> let long like chunks of the 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 uh, reenactment go on when it's like cut. <laughs> I mean, and, and at that point, it's all they're almost just like short stories, you know. Right. So it's it's easy to it's easy to drift in and out. You don't have to think. You don't have to show up too much. You don't have to bring a hundred percent of your energy. So, um, and I'm talking the original Robert Stack run. Yeah, not, yeah. Not the. Not the I, Netflix one. No, yeah. and nor nor the Dennis Farina. That's different. Yeah. I love Dennis Farina, but I don't Fre- like... They're, did they rehash it a little bit later? Yeah, in the late 90s. Okay. Did, uh, was it just a carry-on? I couldn't tell you. Okay. I didn't um, know if it was like they stopped it for a while and then they brought it back. But it or... changed. I mean, Dennis Farina and Robert Stack have a wildly different delivery of <laughs> any line, so it turned into more like an Unsolved Mysteries... I'm, I'm sorry, uh, America's Most Wanted. Line. Oh. He still, he still <laughs> was doing Unsolved Mysteries type shit, but yeah. he was just doing it more... Like a like, cop, because Dennis Farina was a fucking cop. No, no disrespect to Dennis Farina, but who the, did? What was America's Most Wanted? Was John Walsh? John Walsh. I knew the last name was Walsh. I couldn't think of the first name. Uh, so unsolved mysteries. Yep, the Robert Stack. The OG eighties. Right. The OG. That's well, my number four. What's your number three? I know you've seen it. They bought it. Incredible. One of the worst performances of my career, and they never doubted it for a second. How could I possibly be expected to handle school on a day like this? This is my ninth sick day this semester. It's getting pretty tough coming up with new illnesses. If I go for 10, I'm probably going to have to barf up a lung, so I better make this one count. The key to faking out the parents is the clammy hands. It's a good nonspecific symptom. I'm a big believer in it. A lot of people will tell you that a good phony fever is a dead lock, but uh, you get a nervous mother, you could wind up in a doctor's office. That's worse than school. You fake a stomach cramp, and when you're bent over, Moaning and wailing, you lick your palms. It's a little childish and stupid, but then so is high school. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Oh, yes, I've seen Ferris Bueller's Day. <laughs> Many times. Uh, it only seemed fair to include one of the two movies. That Very meta me, choice of yours, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that gave me the idea of how to fake being sick and to try and stay home. But this one also kind of works on on lifting your spirits when you might be down in the dumps when you're home for sick that day. Um, just the sheer magnetism of Matthew Broderick as Ferris is just pure cinematic magic. And you can't help but want to take a day trip to Chicago driving Cameron's father's Ferrari. <laughs> you know, yeah. The film has this wonderful ability to transport you into this like fantastical John Hughes world where you often wish you could live. Uh, this is also the final movie in my sick day marathon of parent-free adolescent adventure adventures. So <laughs> the last two are like straight on, like these were child movies that I watched, uh, movies that I watched when I was a kid. Okay, that okay. It's just, yeah. And you've seen both of them as well. So yeah, that's my, <laughs> that's my number three. Did we never covered Ferris on a full treatment, no. have we? Uh, we've talked about 
several different aspects of it. I think at some point it may be fun to do, but I think it would only be fair to do it with another John Hughes movie. That way we just get, like, in some ways you could get his two best out of the way. Well, that's an arguable statement. Uh, Do you think his two best are Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Breakfast Club? Those are probably my two favorite. I think those are arguably probably his two best movies. Breakfast Club comes up a lot, too. Yeah, but we haven't talked about it in a little while, but yeah. I love the theory, like, people, like, as time has passed, because what, Ferris Bueller is almost, that movie is 86, so, Jesus, God, man, it's almost 40 (laughs) years old. So, God, that hurts to say. Um, (laughs) As as time and society and what's acceptable and stuff have have changed. Right. Like, you, you filter Ferris through what's going on in the world now, and it's like, you are a fucking terrible friend. You are a sociopath. You are a narcissist. You... Yeah, like, you can't help but like him. You still well, sure, because yeah, everybody likes him. I've been friends with him since 1989 when I got this, uh, got Ferris Bueller on VHS. Uh, that might also be one that I want to watch on VHS when we cover it, because that's how I. You have fun with that, as 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 often happens on this show. The uh, it did in some ways pass the test of my dad. Him walking through at one point. Poochie, poochie, poochie. Look what Uncle Ed has for you, you little fucker. <laughs> My dad walking through heard that and just he fucking got him because it's he knew exactly what was going to happen. Rooney was going to bring that fucking dog with the fucking flower pot. Oh, uh, God, I love that movie. That's one that I'm not allowed to watch with Jamie. Yeah, because you know all the words. Yeah, most of them. A one-man show. Yeah, one night only, it. Travis performing all the roles. Ferris Bueller. Travis Yost is Ferris Bueller. A one-man show. <laughs> That's a good pick. Uh, my number three is still over in the gray area of his, uh, how does this play? Is it TV or movie? But Robert Zemeckis was involved, so I chose Tales from the Crypt. Hmm. Okay. Not the not the 1968, um, I don't think it was a Hammer film, but uh, the, not the original um, series of short collections. The 80s of sh- stuff? That's what I'm talking yeah. about. I'm talking about the, the HBO show. Yeah. It's kind of like Unsolved Mysteries in, in that it's they're quick short stories and you know you might be able to stay awake for one and be like okay cool i'm gonna pass back out and you could dip out for a couple episodes you're not right. missing anything you know if you could stay awake does for- each episode have a single like it's an anthology or is it a couple some of stories in a single episode i knew it was kind of when an anthology series it, though yeah when it started they were like 45 to 60 minute episodes and it was one story okay and then i think later as it went on they they shortened to 30 minutes and then they may have done two Hmm. per episode i can't confirm that but i know they they varied in length from 30 to 60 minutes um have you watched a ton of those any of those at all not really they're quite funny they're like everybody kind of got a pass at uh directing episodes um you i think you would definitely like the first season because that's very heavily uh zemeckis uh, and they're just – have you seen any of the episodes? I don't think so. They're, I don't think so. I'd have to find out, number one, where it may or may not be. If it's streaming just, anywhere or not, I would, I would give it a go, though. Hollow point right on the nose. Yeah. Cautionary tales like, I'll never die in a skydiving accident. Cut to 30 minutes later, he's dying in a skydiving accident. And it's like – and they're – Tongue-in-cheek kind of? No. no? They're, they're full-on like – like I said, in your face. Right. There's zero subtlety in it. It's it's they're fucking funny, um, but they're also you know horror. It's horror comedy, 
some of them are a little more serious than others, and they kind of get a little weird. But they're the the way it's the way it's shot and the lighting and it's everything. Like a modern horror version of the Twilight Zone in some ways. No, the Twilight no? Zone was trying to make a point. The okay. Twilight Zone was very often serious and like making social commentary. Tales from the Crypt. I mean, they might be making a point, but it's like. Not to the degree that... They're like comic books. That yeah, Ross Serling was doing. That, okay. You're right. That's what they're based on. They're based on old Vault of Horror and... Uh, pulpy, from the pulp stuff. Yeah, right. yeah okay, straight yeah. up pulpy stuff. All right. Um, and several of the stories in the first season were taken from uh, the original movie, which I think you would you would like, hmm. okay. save for production value, I think you would like the original movie. Um, what was the name of the host? The Crypt Keeper. That's, okay, I didn't know if he had an actual name. John Kassir... Was the uh, voice. the guy that did the voice? Yeah, uh, and then they had two movies that came out: uh, Demon Knight, which is fucking great. Uh, I think you've talked the, about that one. I have. Before. I love okay, Demon yeah. Knight, and then Bordello of Blood, which is not fucking great. That has uh, Dennis Miller. Dennis Miller. Yeah. yeah, that's all I know about it. Um, <laughs> not so much. Honestly, I think it's aged really well uh, with how like eighties horror is kind of kind of timeless. If it's your thing, I had the series. I had several seasons on DVD for a minute, and then I just got away from it and sold them to McKay's but I want to check those I wonder if they're on HBO Max I'll bet they I are bet sometimes they are, they are sometimes it was, they an, are. It was an HBO show so yeah but um, I guess it depends on who owns the rights and whether or not yeah it was some form of Warner Brothers or not but yeah um so yeah Tales from the Crypt let's just say season one through three that's my number three what's your number two uh Lois why don't you take Kent out to uh, meet everybody huh yes, just introduce him around yeah. he's starting with the paper today so I'm giving far. him the city beat. Chief, that's my beat. Lois, Clark Kent may seem like just a mild-mannered reporter, but listen, not only does he know how to treat his editor-in-chief with the proper respect, not only does he have a snappy, punchy prose style, but he is, in my 40 years in this business, the fastest typist I've ever seen. Great Caesar's ghost! <laughs> did he ever say that? Oh. Where did that come from? Where did that trope come from? Of Perry White saying Great Caesar's Ghost. I'm not sure. I'd have to I'd have to research that because I don't know. Um, I just what it always makes me think of is this Great Caesar's Ghost. <laughs> for the first time in thirty years, I find myself at a loss for words. Uh, Great Caesar's Ghost. <laughs> what can I say about Superman? He only called me Chief once. I told him, don't call me Chief, and he never did it again. <laughs> Great Caesar's ghost. I can't believe he's gone. I, I never miss an opportunity to drop in a <laughs> Phil Hartman bit. SNL, what, mid-90s probably? Well, no, was, not mid, early... It was 93, because it was around the time that they killed Superman in the comics. Oh, that makes sense. That's what it was. It was the funeral for Superman. <laughs> That's what I figured. And everybody, the, the joke about that was like, I can't believe Clark's not here. That's so rude. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Clark? I don't know where he is, Miss Lane. I don't know where he is. Um, I think it may have been used more in the television series, the George Reeves mm. TV series. Okay. Uh, now he may have said it in the movies, but I I, I don't recall him doing. I that. don't. I don't necessarily remember. I just love how he he slips in the mild mannered reporter just so perfectly. Yeah. Um, but the last couple of times that I've been. Uh, under the weather, Lisa's asked if she can grab a movie for me, and the last time or two, I've either asked for Superman or Superman 2. And so I have listed here as my number two is either Superman the movie or Superman 2. Uh, <laughs> there's just something so comforting to me uh, by surrounding myself 
uh, in a movie that I can that I just adored as a kid. Just give me some chicken soup and wrap me up in Superman's red cape when I'm feeling like shit, and all will eventually be fine with the world. <laughs> <laughs> I, the movie's also long. The first one, yeah, it's long. It's like two and a half hours, and you have that like forty-five minute like lead up before he really shows up, and you pop into Metropolis. So I mean, you can sleep through. Even that part, it's not that big of a deal. I just love the length of it because it'll run for a while. What they would do nowadays is they would, and you could easily do it, you could take Superman and Superman 2 and cut that into a trilogy instead of the trilogy of Superman movies we got, which I have no problem with. Yeah, just, they're just, there are a trilogy of Superman movies. They're just, they, they just, just don't, don't talk about the quest for peace. They it just fucking exist. are. Uh, so, he actually yeah. he actually is homesick in Quest for Peace. If you remember Nuclear Man, or as Gene Hackman says, Nuclear Man scratches him on the <laughs> uh-huh. neck and gives him that weird fucking cat scratch That's fever. That's right. And he's all dope sick on the couch and shit. And Lois, Lois comes in and. When was the last time you watched that? Superman Sounds, Four. Yeah. Sounds like more recent, or your memory's really good because this is just sparking a few long term memories. My long term memories. <laughs> Steel trap. My short term's a bit mushy, but uh, it's been a minute because that movie is poop. Um, <laughs> I would, I would, however, pay a lot of money to. I would love to see that supercut when they have all the uh, hey Steve, uh, not good clones of Superman in that. Have I told you about? Is that? it not good clones of Superman, or is it there's more than one? They're like nuclear man kind of thing, right? Yeah, they're not clones, but there's ones like goofy. Okay. You can find this, the footage. There's stuff on, on like YouTube or something. Yeah, yeah, and the music, the incidental music, is all boing, 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 and it's it's weird, man. I I, I want to see it. I can't so believe bad. the studios would have looked at that and went, "Yeah, this is fine." Well, Obviously, they didn't. They it, didn't. But yeah, I mean, that's what they cut the out. The fact that they even okayed it to be filmed is again surprising. <laughs> yeah, it's a fine choice. My number two, I go back into movies, um, and it's really, in my opinion, well, it's definitely the best Mike Myers movie, and it's really one of the only Shrek I guess three movies he did that are good because uh, I like Austin Powers and I like Wayne's World okay they, they're okay oh, but yeah. uh, so I married an axe murderer is, that is my favorite yeah. number two okay yeah. uh, I think I may have talked about it on here before but he had he didn't have total control of that um, character wise or anything just like you don't have total control over Bongo barking correct right? and I'm yeah. just I'm just Accepted you're looking it. at the face of a man who's given up <laughs> um, that's what happens when you get a beagle <laughs> yeah well the last one didn't do that unless there was a child or a turtle around you can tell the spots in the movie where, where Myers had control because it goes back into his hello hello <laughs> hello Hello! 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 Shit that he does in every fucking movie that he does. Yeah. Um, but the re- it's dark. It's like a dark murder mystery comedy. If you haven't seen it, it's 30. 30- was it after Wayne's World? Yeah. I think so, yeah. It was yeah. after Wayne's oh, World yeah. and before Wayne's World 2. I think 19- this was the first time he got the idea for the possibility of Fat Bastard that's by exactly, playing his he's, father. He's gone on record as saying that's, okay. where, that's where it came that's from. That was the... Um, it's another another COVID entry. I couldn't tell you what day during my COVID run I watched it, but um, I need to sit down and watch that again. It's been a while. I I, I typically always, watch it once a year. I love this movie. Man. I always find if memory serves me, I don't recall enjoying the third act of the movie, and I have to go back and rewatch it to see if it if it kind of loses steam or not because I can't remember. But there's like an oily darkness to. So I married an axe murderer. It's right. not not bad. It's like hair oil or olive oil, I guess. It's saying oily makes me like you might have oily stool. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I've always liked this movie because it's 
it's it's creepy. Like Amanda Plummer, it's darkly funny. Yeah, she's yeah. she's a perfect choice, Amanda Plummer, for the sister in this. Because yeah. yeah, you never know, you never know where she's coming from. No. And uh, there are several like, <laughs> I guess in the, the crew of friends I ran with back in the day, we we always we referenced it. But I care for Applejack's a great deal. Got him. Good. Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So I married an axe murderer. That is my number two. What's your number one? Little friend, you got something jammed in here real good. Were you on a star cruiser? Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. What's this? What is what? He asked you a question. What is that? Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Oh, he says it's nothing, sir. Merely a malfunction. Old data. Pay it no mind. Who is she? She's beautiful. I'm afraid. I'm not quite sure, Help sir. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think Help she was a passenger help. on our last voyage. A person of some importance, as I believe. Our captain was attacked Is there any to... more to this recording? Behave yourself, Artu. You're going to get us into trouble. It's all right. You can trust him. He's our new master. He says that he is the property of Obi-Wan Kenobi, a resident of these parts, and it's a private message for him. Quite frankly, sir, I don't know what he's talking about. Our last master was Captain Antilles, but with all we've been through, this little R2 unit has become a bit eccentric. Obi-Wan Kenobi, I wonder if he means Oben Kenobi. I beg your pardon, sir, but do you know what he's talking about? Well, I don't know anyone named Obi-Wan, but old Ben lives out beyond the Dune Sea. He's kind of a strange old hermit. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I wonder who she is. You're my only hope. Sounds like she's in trouble. I'd better play back the whole thing. He says the restraining bolt has short-circuited his recording system. He suggests that if you remove the bolt, he might be able to play back the entire recording. Hmm? Oh, yeah, well... I guess you're too uh, small to run away on me if I take this off. Okay. There you go. Wait a minute, where'd she go? Bring her back. Play back the entire message. What message? The one you've just been playing. The one you're carrying inside your rusty innards. Nathan asked me, as we're over here, they're laughing for so many things. And he said, <laughs> you have something to come in on. And <laughs> so many things. There's so much. So much ran through my head during that scene. Like I imagine now that being subtitled. And every time 3PO basically is like, you could play it as he's gaslighting R2 because... Technically, you can't understand what R2 is saying. Yeah. So, like, who is she? She's beautiful. <laughs> this motherfucker doesn't know it's his sister. sister. He just says she's beautiful. And, like, <laughs> message? What message? The message I just played, motherfucker. <laughs> the one you're carrying around inside your rusting innards. Like, you could, you could also play as he's totally gaslighting him. Yeah. Like, three, or, uh, R2's telling him the entire truth. It's like, dude, that's your sister. You have, like, you have no idea who you are. You have to come with us right now. We're about to save shit. And, and R2's, you know... No, no, no. My friend here is just crazy. Don't, don't pay attention to him. There's so much you could do with that. <laughs> oh, I was like, little do you know, boy. That's your, that's your sister. Yeah. And also, it could be a thing like, I don't know, you could play on the motherfucker. You ever heard the last name Kenobi on anybody else? No. Uh, probably the same guy. <laughs> it's not a stretch. Yeah. And you live on Tatooine, which is the center of the goddamn universe. I mean, do we really blame Obi-Wan for him just going with old Ben Kenobi, or do we blame George Lucas for that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think I we always blame wondered, George Lucas. I always wondered where Ben came from. It's like, 
it's not it's 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 easy yeah i'm sure the older you got uh yeah yeah so yeah, my number one choice is Star Wars. Well, when he when he first came into the cantina, the first several years he lived here, he said his name was Obi Wan, uh, and then eventually it just came to you know Ben, and then you know we just changed servers over the years, and everybody just thought he was saying old Ben, and then he stopped showing up. <laughs> he met up rather this, abruptly. He met up with about seventy seven. Yeah, he came in with a whole new, a whole new gaggle of people. The other thing I was thinking of coming in with, he uh, threw out like two thousand credits to leave and never came back. He came in with that whiny fucking Skywalker kid, uh, cut a dude's arm off with his lightsaber, and then they left the planet. <laughs> where did that old weirdo get? Okay, this is the other thing I wanted to come in with. I sent this to you and Brock recently. <clears throat> Han Solo showed up on Vader's Death Star hours after Alderaan was destroyed. On his ship, he carried Vader's son, Vader's daughter, Vader's astromech, the protocol droid Vader built as a kid, the Wookiee who saved Ahsoka's life, and literal Obi-Wan Kenobi back from the dead. Vader must have been very into the... Uh, Vader must have been very... Who in the Mustafar was that fucker in the vest? <laughs> then something like a day later, he sneaks up on Vader from behind, the, the galaxy's greatest fighter pilot, and what is a essentially a heavily modified 18-wheeler and shoots him in the ass. <laughs> what the hell? Like, uh, that's, that's where the... Uh, sorry, Star Wars, yes. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars. Uh, just like my previous film, it's just... It's watching the original Star Wars is often like wrapping yourself up in a nice warm blanket at the end of a long, hard day. Sometimes it's just you want familiarity and comfort, and yeah. that movie, to me... It's that. Although it could be any of the movie in the original trilogy, to be honest with you. I could put in any of them. But sure. often we'll go first one, and then sometimes if it goes progressively, then it's Empire, and then it's Jedi. <laughs> yeah. So You know, there's a uh, 4K restoration print at the Library of Congress of the untouched, fucked with. with. Yeah. Have I, did I send you that? Uh, no, but I be- that makes sense. Because he submitted it for copyright back in 1977. And so they have it. Yeah. And he can't touch. That's the one he can't touch. That's I'd, the one. He you can can't you touch. can make an appointment to watch it too. I would love to see that. If they so they restored it to 4K, that'd be great. I still think I'm gonna I'm gonna put it here on the air now. I think for our 50th episode, we should do the Star Wars trilogy. Oh. That's what we should do. Star Wars is not 50 years old, but nor is it its 50th. Whatever, but fuck it, fuck it. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. We're going to watch. Now, are we, we doing, doing the trilogy? Are we doing special edition? Or are we doing no. just just the bloody original. what we grew up with? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I'll have to. The versions that I have of those are way back when um, they released the special edition, and then they had a second disc. And the second disc, they didn't put it in anamorphic widescreen, so it's the DVD is mm-hmm. still. Like, you still have an old-school television. Here's your letterbox. Your TV is twice as wide now, so you get all these black bars on the left and yeah. right and on the top and bottom. So oh, it's real, Yeah. But it doesn't it's, – it's the unfucked-with versions. Yeah, that's what I want to Those watch. are the ones we typically grab to watch. Well, those are unless the ones we're, you know. Unless we're lazy and we put on, like, Disney Plus, and it, that just happens to be what we've grabbed. But most of the time, yeah. it's the, the un altered versions that we saw originally it's weird when you pull up that stuff documented like you can find out how often like how many times he's made changes to that movie he started changing it almost immediately yeah as soon as it was released on home video yeah it's crazy but um 
typically we would put in one of these if like on Saturday or Sunday the dog woke us up a little too early and needed to go outside and we lay back in bed and we can't go to sleep but we want to go to sleep and we want to put on something familiar and we just fall back asleep and catch another couple hours so often it will be one of those oh, okay. as well so no that's a good pick I like that number two and uh, look forward to us covering the trilogy in depth not sure how we're going to do that We'll come up with some criteria. It'll be a little different, but yeah, because we have to cover three movies, it'll there'll be different criteria, and it won't be it won't be a crazy long episode. And if we recast, it'll just be for the trilogy because all the people are the same. That would be fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we should talk about that off mic. My number one is Summer Rental. Ooh. Okay. Uh, Another one I got as a kid. Um, I don't remember. It was just a random, random day in like you know seventh eighth grade maybe ninth grade. we're definitely. I think we definitely are going to cover this one in the future. It'll be this and Great Outdoors. We did summer rental. Oh, not summer rental. Never mind. I was thinking summer school. Never mind. Different summer. Movie. Carry on. Yep. Carry on. Carry on. Um, yeah. This always two good John Candy's. Yeah, it's always been a go-to for me because it's just it's like some of John Candy stuff in the '80s. It has its toe. It's got some raunchy jokes in it. They're not yeah. bad. They're not necessarily disrespectful or anything, but they're they're a little like. They're like what a normal dad would say. Like, should she be talking to him? Why not? Why not? Are you crazy? He's a lifeguard. They're all sex maniacs. Right now, each of his gonads is screaming me first. Yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was like, oh, yeah. I can, <laughs> can jerk off. <laughs> um, it's not quite as wholesome, I don't think, as summer rental. And I don't want to go too crazy onto it. Summer rental is not as wholesome as summer rental? Yes. Malkovich. 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 <laughs> Summer Rental is not, not quite as wholesome as The Great Outdoors. Correct. I've seen The Great Outdoors more than I've seen Summer Rental. About but 50, I think 50 we watched, And I think we watched that, in, I think, possibly this year. We hadn't watched it in a while. Watched Summer Rental. Fucking love that movie. <laughs> and it's, it's an 80s movie. I mean, they both are, but it's a little... It's earlier 80s. Yeah. It's so, a little, I think they're both PG, but yeah, this one's just a little, like you said, a little raunchier. And it gets it's a little more like implausible 80s plot yes like they're on vacation for two weeks and they fully restore a fucking schooner (laughs) yeah really really yeah Yeah. anyway we'll talk about it in depth when we do uh when we do our uh john uh, candy summer movie yeah that'd be a vacation movie yeah yeah Yeah, i like that it would also pair well with you could do national lampoon's vacation and summer rental Mm mm-hmm mm-hmm this is how we decide episodes, and this is probably boring as fuck for you guys. So, <laughs> that said, Summer Rental with John Candy and Rip Torn. That's my number one. Torn, right. This, he's got the pirate-themed the uh, restaurant, right? Scully yeah. the pirate, yeah. Um, that's our that's our pick six. Uh, sick day, or even possibly a hangover day. Day marathon. Day marathon, their gang. Um, hope you enjoyed that. What you can do in the meantime is uh hop on there wherever you get your podcasts leave us a review give us a rating five stars would be great um if you don't have nothing nice to say don't say nothing at all and uh stay safe out there check us out next time what are we doing nathan i've got front to back albums yes um that'll be interesting dipping out of our comfort zone a little bit on this we've done a couple of music ones before uh this is i think no this is our second one of this stretch for this year. I think we have three in these pick sixes. The next one will most likely be album closers. We did album openers. Yep. So this one is front to back. 
Yep, which in case you don't know, that means you listen to every song on the album. Yeah. So look for that coming up uh, next time. In the meantime, gang, stay off the fucking moors. Pick Six is a Clopec Media production. Like and follow them at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or buy a t-shirt and sticker at sixpackdoublefeaturepodcast.com. And wherever you pick six, pick six responsibly. Bueller. Bueller. Bueller.